and joining me now, our good friend, Miss Barb Lampson, also a master gardener, master gardener friend. It's, wow, a beautiful time of year, the fall. Yes, it is, Karen. You know, um, today is exceptionally nice. The UV index, which is the ultraviolet, very low, very low. Nice. So if you've always worried about being out and it's too hot because of uh, the skin sun cancer rays, right? or for your eyes, uh, today it's only a three, which is very, very low. And also the arthritis index. Arthritis or asthma? Arthritis. What? There's an arthritis? For- there I is. I did not know there, that. There is. Wow. And, and that uh, is dependent on barometric pressure. Oh. That is very low today. And um, the soil index is at 76. I'm watching that, too. I like to see. Now, the index, that's the temp. That's the temperature okay. of the soil, and you watch it come down. And, you know, there are things that still like to have cool feet, like your um, like your vining things, like uh, clematis. They like to have very cool feet, and so you could check and see if, if they've still got a mulch on them. If they don't, you want to put that on there because they don't like to have hot feet. They like it nice and cool. So think about that. But this time of year, it's a time of renewal, I like to think. See, I always think of spring as renewal. It, it, it's another time of renewal, but it's a time for me of hard work. You know, you just hustle and hustle and hustle. All season. Yes. And now you can sit back. And Saturday, it was such a joyous time for us. We had uh, some of our family members home. My sister and her, her children were there and her grandchildren. And we just had the best time. And, and I told my nephew, I said, you know, we can take the kids to Lions Park, which is close to the house. I said, they'll have a great time there. There's lots of, of uh, equipment for them to run on. And we have a small lake there. So, you know, th- that would be a great time for them. And when they came, they said, oh, Daddy, this place is a park. And, and they just ran and ran. And they, uh, two little girls four years old and seven years old and they hauled all of our son's big Tonka toys and things that I've saved from him and they hauled them outside and the Tonkas were going around the yard and and they were hauling things in them and they were building things and they just had the the best time and the rest of us just uh, uh, grilled and then we sat and we watched these kids play and they were just like little uh, the squirrels running around the yard (laughs) You know, yeah, uh, just it, having a good time. It's it just a great time to get out now because it's not too hot. The grass is so nice and green and soft. You know, it, it recovered from when we had that little bit of a heat wave in August, and now things are just green and lush again. And that goes for the flowers too, despite the fact that we have the Japanese beetles, we have the slugs, <laughs> and uh, what is that little green bug that you were at my house and you it's said? It's the green lined plant bug, and I have that. I'd never seen that. Before. Before and other people have talked about it, but yeah, that's another one you don't want in the yard. But you know, it's here now too. Uh, it, that green line bug, it's that goes hand in hand with the Japanese beetles. If I find a Japanese beetle, I'll find those also. So and but they're much harder to handpick the way I've been doing the the other. Yeah, because they're harder to see, but they are they but are. But they here fly too. instantly when you get close to them. They just. Psh- you know, they're like a mosquito. Off they go. Well, it says in the, the master or the University of Minnesota Extension, it says in most cases, four-line plant bug feeding only affects the appearance of plants. Well, I know, but still, you want nice appearing. It says moderate to large populations of four-line plant bugs can be destructive to plants, especially herbs. It says ignore 
four-line plant bugs when possible, especially if you have not seen much damage in recent years. And you can use a pesticide if you wish to pre preserve the plant's appearance and protect edible plants. So yeah, so I mean, there's I guess they're saying it's not that horrible, but you know, my hostas, you and I were talking about this before we got on the air is, I love hostas, but with all the damage that I've had from slugs and right. bugs, right. They, they just look terrible, and, and I'm yeah. just kind of not so enamored, and I'm sad. I, I'm very sad about it, too, because it, the leaves are so gorgeous. They're big, they're lush, and they look so great. When but you mine eat. look like somebody shot bullets. And like uh, That's what mine look yeah. like, too, Karen. And I think, you know, um, I have tried sluggo. I have tried some of, I've tried uh, neem oil. I've tried all of these things. I have too. And here is the very worst. Um, I had on the uh, storm door to my greenhouse, which is the bottom half of that door is metal for about three feet, and then it goes up and then a screen for the next, I don't know how many feet, five feet or four feet, something like that. What do you think was crawling on that door? A slug trying to get into my greenhouse. Oh, and the neighbors have a raised bed garden. I do too, but they have one that's white. And so I was helping the little neighbor boy. We were planting some peas a couple of weeks ago because he just likes to experiment and stuff. And all over this white vinyl um, raised bed, it was just covered with slugs. So he was taking a rock and going smash, smash, smash. They were yeah. just, just, I mean, it was literally spotted with all these slugs. And I was out the other morning, just came out of my garage and I have a potted Zinnia, it's one of those uh, limey green zinnias yes. that are really pretty. Right on the top in one of the blooms is a big fat slug right on the top of the bloom. And I thought, what are you doing up here? Yeah, I had no idea that they would climb on metal, but they do. They climb on metal. They climb on pretty much anything in plastic. You okay, it. so listen to this. So I always carry my smaller pruning shears, which is a little bigger than a scissor, but it's good for, for nipping off uh, spent flowers and things. I had it in my back pocket. I took that slug and I cut it in <laughs> two. I put it on a rock and I cut it in two. And guess what happened? The, they crawled away, both of them? The front half crawled away. Oh. And the back half just laid there. So, of course. Well, I, is that like like the earthworms where, you know, you can split them and then they can just go on the merry way? I don't know. Well, I don't know. wonder they're so prolific. Oh. You know, I don't know. So. Um, well, this has been a perfect year because we've had such a damp year and that yeah. they, they just love anything that's damp. And even though I did the sluggle thing and that's a iron phosphate that you put around your plants. I did it like four times, different mm -hmm. times. So mm -hmm. toward the beginning of the, the summer, it was really good. And, and then I was like, oh, look, I've got it. I've got it beat. And then I just. So are yeah. they, um, I have to do some more research. Are the slugs uh, reproducing all summer long? Or, you know, we worry about the the eggs leaving living over in the old foliage. So we cut the foliage off before we go into the winter. But uh, th they must be because if I keep picking them, and you know, my whole garden I, is just lined with uh, bricks. And I turn those over. And there's lots of and, them. Yeah, and they love living underneath the bricks. It's it's porous under there. They crawl out at night. You'll be thrilled to know that slugs reproduce rapidly laying hundreds of eggs a year the eggs hatch in three weeks and baby slugs ah. will start laying eggs when they're only a few months old so yeah they're still they're working out there oh my <laughs> and oh then they'll my. of course have all those eggs and yeah yeah i was talking to our good friend neil 
who has, I think, a hundred or so hostas, maybe 200. I forget how many he told me. I was just flabbergasted when he was telling me how many he had. And he said, he's taking the foliage off. He started already before oh, the frost. Okay. Simply because of the f- he worries about the eggs being on there and oh, then not okay. getting them all out. So, it, yeah, you know, so prevention s- is really important with everything in the garden, keeping it clean and keeping the foliage out of there, especially if, you, if you're if you aware that eggs are being laid on the foliage. A slug lays 20 to 100 eggs several times a year, Barb. That's even worse than, than the, the Japanese, Japanese beetle. beetle, which, you know, we were so happy because, you know, they lay approximately s- 60. 60. Mm-hmm. Right, and you think you take out one Japanese beetle, you're getting rid of 60. Well, look at the slugs. I mean, they'd have to, they'd have to, there, there's going to have to be more than me picking slugs and turning over the, these, <laughs> these rocks and the stone and the bricks in my garden. Well, somebody asked me that about whether they should remove the leaves on, on, not only on the hostas, but lilies, uh, lily plants, like your day yeah, lilies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you remove your uh, leaves on the daylily plants b- uh, before winter, or what do you suggest? Yes, yes, I do. Oh, you do. As a matter of fact, okay, Stella Dioro, that is a rebloomer, and it when the they start getting there's some that are starting getting brown, and also the flower spike. As soon as that happens, I remove them. But and what about the green leaves that are left? No, the the ones that are very nice and green, I leave those, and then that's when you get this second. Uh, uh, flourish of color and so now they're blooming again and they look really great but when that get, when that when they're done then they get whacked off okay so in any of my day lilies that have already so i don't necessarily have all i've got a lot that aren't rebloomers so if, if they bloomed should i cut them down to the ground now yeah you know it, i mean i'm talking all of them i've cut all those yeah. of course i've cut all the these flower stems off long and ago, you've got but, these big healthy yeah uh, bunches you know you don't need to, we don't need a longer season for them. I mean, they've done great. They're okay. all set. So, so because I would like to actually whack them off and maybe actually divide mm-hmm. some now because I I just never got around to it in the Perfect. spring. Perfect. And that's okay to do now. Yeah, do that okay. now. And then uh, when you do uh, re uh, reposition them, be sure that you mulch around them, keep the soil warm so they develop really good roots so that they're ready for next spring again. But I suppose water them thoroughly. It'd be good to do now because then they'd have a little time to reestablish yep, some roots. Yeah, that, that is so important. You know, uh, tomorrow at the farmer's market, I'll be there. I'm teaching a class on the division of uh, peonies, or oh, peonies, okay. mm-hmm. and we're going to be doing a drawing for some uh, heritage plants, and these are from Diane denham Selly. She's our... Um, author who writes for the free press and uh, uh, so if you you've always wanted to know how many eyes do you live leave in a division of peonies when you're going to divide them you have to have two at least two eyes and they're the little pink shoots that are up there you'll see them when you when you lift them out of the soil and three eyes are even better yet because you'll get a bigger plant it'll be it will ensure that you're you're going to get it developed or it's going to get settled in and you're going to get bloomed sooner now you mentioned that the eyes i once transplanted a peony and i pretty sure i planted it too deep and it has not bloomed and and that's what i guess that's a key too is you can't plant things too deep and so here's the thing okay so they say um uh, that the uh, red, the little uh, eye on it, shouldn't be more than two inches below the soil. But here's the thing. Most often when you 
plant something new, you put it into a new hole, you've incorporated new soil in there, they settle down. That's and, true. Yeah. And so then all of a sudden, they're too deep. So I would say, uh, keep them close to the surface and watch. So if you just have at least an inch of soil over that, that's enough because it's going to settle down even more. I think that's what's happened to mine too. Is sure. I put a lot of nice new loose soil in yep. it, it settled down and then I just really right. never right. was successful. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So so if you want to um, register for a free plant, we'll be having drawings for those as well as doing this class and giving out information on that. And what time is that from? 9 o'clock to 11. At the farmer's market, which yeah. is at the Best Buy it parking is. lot in Mankato. Yes, yes it is. Just walk over, you'll see us there. We'll be the smiling people with yellow t-shirts. Okay. Yes, exactly. Uh, also, you know, I, I wanted to mention just a little bit about uh, cut flowers. Uh, I've been so busy this summer. I've given away flowers. I've, I've bought uh, numerous containers to put them in. You know, I haven't seen people. I'll take a bouquet of flowers over for them. But do you think I put any in my own living room or my own I know. House? I'm the same way. I, and so I have been determined, since I have these beautiful glads and they're late, to take fresh flowers in. And I've got several rooms with flowers in. As a matter of fact, my sister commented to my husband. She said, I bet you the florist loved to see Barb coming. She spends so much money on cut flowers. And he said, Oh no, she raises them. <laughs> she know. doesn't cut them. She doesn't buy them. She gets her own. <laughs> yes, because I'm I'm usually all throughout the summer. I'll bring some flowers in for the folks across the hall. Put them in a little vase. I don't do elaborate bouquets, but a lot of times they're just like, "Wow, I've never seen this before." So it's just right. kind of a fun, almost educational, and just it kind of perks her day up. Yeah, and and you know some of the flowers that are blooming right now that are doing just extremely well in my garden. I've had Japanese anemone in there. It's a perennial plant. Uh, it's probably uh, oh, three feet tall, at least 30 inches tall. Gets beautiful pink blooms on it, very delicate looking. It's the best it's ever been. As a matter of fact, I gave it a talking to the spring. I said, listen, you are close to being eliminated here. Wow. You're taking up too much room, and you're not doing anything. And I have all these side branches, and I have blooms, 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 blooms. It's really making a statement. It's tough talk to your plants with Barb Lampson. Wow. Yes. As my husband says, no wonder you're an extrovert. You spend time talking to the trees and the plants. <laughs> but it's because he's, he said, go talk to something, but said, let me be Yeah, right, exactly. You know, another thing that's really beautiful right now is the sedums. Uh, they are. And they are such an attractor for pollinators. I see bumblebees. I see honeybees. I yes. see butterflies. I see, you know, you name it. And the, a lot of times I see them like I've got them around my mailbox. And they're, they just, they're just in a standard that come back every year. And I remember my at my parents' house, we had one of these sedums kind of like that. And they have those kind of the succulent leaves. And my dad always used to do something where he'd flatten the leaf and then you could blow blow it up and make kind of a bubble in it and he's he always so really? he called it a frog plant i have never really been able to do that again but have you ever heard that no i haven't i don't know my dad that. did it but yeah. i i think sedums are great there's lots i mean there's a variety of colors you can get the foliage that's uh a 
dark uh, maroon color. And almost bluish, some of them yeah, are. Yeah, they're very attractive. One thing about the sedums, if you don't deadhead them early, cut them, pinch them back, they get big and they want to flop when they oh, get their see, blooms. I've never, I must have the variety, I've never had much of a problem with that, but I can see where you right. could get that. Autumn Joy is one of those that gets yes. a, a big, uh, just a big flat flower on top, and that's too heavy, and then that brings them down so they split and they don't longer look that attractive. So if you know the mums here, we pinch them back as well because we don't want them to get so big that they split flop. apart. Right. Well, when flop. do you do that with the sedums though? Because obviously now they're blooming; it's too late. You but. keep pinching like an inch at a time until July fourth, okay. and then we don't we don't pinch anymore after July fourth. So July fourth. But you know, uh, those are those are great plants. Also, uh, a, a plant, an annual that's done really well, reseeded itself in my garden, are the spider plants, or Cleome. Do you know what that plant is? It has that big... Yeah, they've got like a big tuft on the top that's they do. Of, of flowers, it's, but they're kind of sporadic blossoms, and they look like a, like almost <clears throat> like a fireworks. It, it is. It, it, it's, it's great. It's a, it can be grown in the background of your perennial bed. Uh, just wonderful this time of year. Again, the bees just love it. And here's another plant that's uh, a perennial that the bees absolutely love, and that's the New England asters. I have them up at uh, the community garden up at Good Council. I have a purple one there, and it's probably uh, four to five feet wide and at least five feet tall, and it will have, you know, 30, 40 bees uh, in it at one time. And I have a pink one at home, and that is really it's just, I mean, it's really wonderful. Just a, just an array of color. And also, the Minnesota Hardy Mums are now blooming in my yard, which is that they've done just so magnificently well. They're big cushions. I've got... Uh, I was going to say that now is the time because <clears throat> those mums are blooming, the Hardy Mums. And I know you can get a lot of the ones that are just the... Uh, Annuals. throw annuals and they're kind of throw away yes. but i've been really delighted to see all, a lot of folks are now having those annual or the uh, perennial ones i've got the yellow ones and they are just brilliant but there's just a lot of different beautiful colors out there i have autumn red and i have that deep maroon color mm. and i have yellow but here is you know we've talked about this before about the throwaway mums and i i always put a few in for color well, last year, uh, my grocery store was offering these small mums. They were about eight inches tall. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I'm going to try these and put them in mass in the front yard. And so this spring, uh, most of them looked like they were dead. So I just pulled them out. But one I missed, and oh. that thing greened up. It got leaves all over it. Oh. It's blooming now. Nice. So now I'm thinking, would they all have bloomed? What did I do here, oh, you know? Well. So it but we had an exceptionally nice winter last right. year and we did have snow cover. I did have them everything mulched in that garden. So maybe it was a fluke. I'm not suggesting that well, these throwaways will all of a sudden be hardy but i had a fluke with the dusty miller <clears throat> i think i told you too where sure. the dusty millers were all done i pulled most of them up but i missed one and one did come back and grant was like we should collect the seeds on this mom maybe we can get a new hybrid that's hardy for our area you're so excited yes and you know uh, with uh, cutting flowers and bringing them in in your own home I discovered I had this arrangement. It was on the vanity in the bathroom. And one of the things I had in there was the 
the celosia, which is that plumy plant. Kind of uh, looks like a coxcomb on your there's, rooster. There's two different kinds. Oh, okay. And okay. I don't raise that coxcomb, but oh. I, 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 I like the one that's called the, the plumy. It's, it has plumes on top. It's tall and feathery, and it works in well with anything. And it was a dark uh, red brown color just really nice so I had that as part of an arrangement on the vanity and all of a sudden I saw these little black dots on the on the marble and I thought goodness sakes what is that and I cleaned them up the next day I saw some more black dots and I thought this is it you know we don't bring things in that you know I thought is this eggs or what is it and I took this plumy thing out and I put it on a piece of newspaper and I shook it and it was just loaded with seed. Just, oh, those seeds? Yeah, they oh. were seeds and they're the size of pepper. So that's how small they are. So I thought, all right, if this is this vigorous and I love this plant, I'm going to save some of these seeds. Now, I don't recommend this because these are hybrids and they don't come back true. But honestly, I don't care. Whatever comes back, I think that's going to be okay. It's like um, the spider plant or cleome. That is a saver for me. I take off enough seeds. I throw them wherever I want them, and they come back. And they were pink, and now they're a dark magenta color. Yeah, sometimes they don't come <coughs> out as nice, and you just pull But them you off, know but what? I think these are actually better because they are growing in a place that they wanted to be, and they're just, and it's a nice clump. They're happy. They're very, very happy. <coughs> and since I've been taking out my ferns because it's now gotten too hot for them where I had them, um, I've got this space. I've moved in a New England aster, and I'm also going to put some of these cleome in there and uh, a, a few other things that are taller. I'm just going to try them in these spaces. And also, my neighbor used to have a pine tree that shaded this area, and it's no longer there. Ooh, so nice. sometimes you have to respond to what's going on with your neighbors and with their fence line, too, so so that you change things. And out. just to remind people, it is fall is a great time to plant things, too. So if you're thinking about wanting a tree or a shrub, <coughs> get them in now. They'll yes. have a chance to get some roots, and they'll be ready to blossom or just take off in the spring. And so I think a lot of people think, oh, it's past planting season, but to now now is a really good time. Oh, it, it's, it's absolutely and lovely. And it's not so hot. And you know, the climatologists are saying that uh, our farmers are going to be okay because the soybeans are going to catch up. You know, they were so far behind before because the farmers didn't get in the soil, some of them, in, uh, in time. It was wet, and now they say that these crops will catch up. So if they'll catch up, um, you know, other things catch up too. So so this, this is good. You get things established. Now, so far as tulips and daffodils and all those spring planting bulbs. Time to plant is now. It, it is, but for heaven's sakes, be sure and amend the soil, you know, uh, put in more organic matter. I bought some um, uh, castings from the Worm earthwork. castings, uh-huh. Yes, yes, and I had done that before, and that's really for the microbes in the soil, because when they're healthy, the roots are able to take up and use the nutrients that are there. So so that's worthwhile doing too. So you don't have to dump a whole bunch of it in, but just take, you know, like say a half a cup or even less than that if, if you're doing a, a, 
you know, a half a dozen tulips or something like that. My sister called me. She lives in River Falls, and they have heavy clay soil there. And she says, I'm going to plant some tulips. What should I do with the soil? I says, well, whatever you do, don't just put those bulbs right in, because I've done that before where maybe I've been in a hurry. I'm like, I just got to get these in. And they basically, they get waterlogged and rot away. So she did get some peat. And right. she's mixing peat in there, and I suggested, you know, compost. And obviously, when you put in the bulbs, you want to put some bone meal in there, too. But I said, if it's not well-draining, you're not going to have good luck with that. I mean, you might maybe the first year, and then they're just going to die out. So sure. that is such a key that I learned the hard way in gardening, through gardening, thinking, well, I could just plant it in the soil. It'll grow. Because on the farm, <clears> it always did. Well, we had good soil there, too. Yeah. But now I'm like, amend, amend, amend. Yeah, that's right. And you just don't know about soil. Uh, it's been moved around. You know, uh, I am continuing, as much as I'm enjoying, um, just uh, uh, just wandering around my garden and picking flowers and, and sitting on the deck and meditating and, and reading good books and things like that. I am constantly weeding, too. And what, never what I find is that now the the trees that have the the that have started growing in my garden are those that are in the perennial plants like they're in the flocks anything that's big or in that obedience plant and you you kind of part the branches and you look in there and you think boy you don't belong in here at all you're totally different and since it's been so wet it's easy to just yank them out whereas if you don't get down in your hands and knees and look in there they will grow we had a mulberry tree that had receded itself back on the uh, west side of our house and I was digging on that thing and I thought I have to excavate this I can't get it out just with a spade you needed a hori hori knife I I needed something <laughs> more than what I had and so my husband came and helped me and I took one of the roots and uh, that we cut loose from the main stem and I pulled on it, and it went at least four feet out into the yard. And as I pulled up on it, guess what? I pulled the grass up with it. The sod came right up with it. Oh, my. But it just kind of loosened it up, and so I stomped it all back down again. But that went in two different directions. And a mulberry tree, as nice as that would be, if you had the right place for it, which would be out in the country, because birds will eat on that, and then they'll go defecate all over things and stain things so that isn't good so i i did get that out of the way karen i want to mention two programs that are coming up today um it's about climate change there is um up at the um uh, living earth center which is good council that's where we have our community gardens we have the red barn up there this was where the nuns always gardened and uh, they have one it's on uh, compost in addressing climate change now you know that is that's a great idea compost in addressing climate change because we know that once we take our gardens out and we have bare soil then the co2 escapes which has been in the garden and it goes back up into the atmosphere so that one is at 1 30 today 1 30 to 2 30 it's free that's at good council and then from three to four they have uh, the power of community gardens uh, and 
that should be a very powerful program too. And maybe next week we can talk a little bit more. I'll be attending those, and we can talk a little bit more about uh, community gardens and what's been going on here locally with community gardens. That sounds great, Barb. Thank you so much. And as you know, it's the climate strike. Uh, climate change strike day today and we had yes. a show on that yesterday so I want to let people know if you missed that you can go on our SoundCloud go to KMSU SoundCloud and it's under climate change strike and you can listen to that and it talks about a lot of the activities like as Barb mentioned from today and also tomorrow. Yep. Thanks Barb. Happy